The Liz Callaway Show with Nick Summers, featuring Breitbart Talks on Talk 94.5. Yes, Breitbart is following it closely, and uh, joining us is Randy Clark. He has been following the Texas mass shooting. Good morning, Randy. Good morning, Liz. Um, I'm so happy you joined us. Uh, You know, I have been trying to follow this case for more than a week now, and uh, I mean, I just had to unplug because of the... um, it's just the devastation is so much. And then when I plug back in, you know, to get updated, I cannot believe the difference in information over the weekend. I think that's an understatement, Liz. Uh, following it closely, you know, we're seeing facts, critical assumptions change uh, more than a week after the shooting. So that, that, that's alarming. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's a horrible tragedy. Some of those children uh, had their funerals yesterday. This community is devastated, absolutely. And like you said, it, it impacts you when you follow through on it. Yeah, uh, it, it's really affecting you know residents here and family members, oh, and most, forever most especially the parents. Now you have the parents' side, the teachers' side, the law enforcement, the other law enforcement. Um, you know, you have uh, you know the media. It's like everybody is playing a part in this play. That how this is playing out. And you had, did the teacher leave the door open? You know, almost like, is it her fault that the gunman got in? No, I locked the door. No, I shut the door. It's supposed to lock. Um, We were going to go in, but we didn't go in and we should have went in. I mean, it's so, so maybe you can just clear the air for us. And the one thing that you cleared up and I discussed it earlier was that they were saying that the police chief uh, for the school district was not cooperating with the Texas Rangers, and and your reporting says that's not necessarily true. So maybe you can give us a whole um, update on what is going in going on in Uvalde's investigation. Well, right now where we stand, it's going to be a lengthy investigation. The Texas Rangers are, are doing that. We know the Department of Justice is going to take a look at this as well. Uh, there are you know a whole bunch of people that need to be talked to from every angle from the shooter's perspective, from the law enforcement perspective, people have to figure out where everybody was. And just one agency alone, the Border Patrol had over 80 officers there. So that's a lot to unpack for them. Uh, But what we know right now, some critical assumptions that we were told were facts, such as the teacher or the teacher leaving that door open and propping it open. We now find out, you know, almost a week later yesterday that that is not a fact. Uh, Now it's, it's believed that that door may have malfunctioned. So that tells you that, you know, once once we start looking at this and we have the media come in, we have politics getting interjected, uh, Second Amendment issues getting injected, mm-hmm. every, injected, everybody starts to push away and pull sides in. And, and we have to look very critically at things as they're given to us and, and give the time to, to properly vet them so we know that that can be assumed now to be a fact. So are you saying that, that they're saying that the teacher didn't prop the door open at all? The clarification yesterday, which was issued with significantly less fanfare than the Friday uh, information we got from the DPS director, was that the door was propped open mm-hmm. and that that's how the assailant got in. We know now that at least they are saying that's not the case. The door was propped open and then that rock that was used was removed by mm-hmm. the teacher and the door was closed. Right. And she so assumed it would self-lock. Mm-hmm. And it may have been. that That's going to be an entire mm. different forensic investigation on that mechanism. That's what that's going to take. So, so there's a lot in place. So if that's a critical assumption that we've been going on, imagine how that teacher felt 
that's that's a, a yeah. mistake that's almost unforgivable. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I was saying that I, I said they're not releasing her name, and uh, they probably fear for her safety. Um, and she probably is just uh, feeling partially responsible. But you know what? It all about boils down to this um, young man and his actions that caused the, the, the destruction of thousands. It seems like a thousand lives have been impacted and somehow, you know, with this whole thing. Um, and what I need to ask you is if you know, it doesn't seem like much attention is being paid um by the media uh, of what his background was, how in the world did he pay for these guns? Where, you know, where he got them, how he got them. What is the information that you know about how he got these weapons, all that ammo? We all know how expensive it is. Well, and and that's the thing that, that we probably aren't focusing on is how prepared this monster was. We know he tried to purchase those weapons illegally through his sister eight months ago. Mm-hmm. So we know he had already been saving up money. This was a lifetime goal of this person for some time, at least eight months. He he managed to amass 1,657 rounds. Luckily, he only made it into school with 315. But think about that total. That is still mm-hmm. significant. It tells you his goal was not to kill 19 children. Mm-hmm. His goal was to kill as many as he possibly could, including law enforcement, including employees in there. Uh, this this is a horrible act and a, and planned out in advance. Now, when you say that, when I when I I listen to the or read about it, it says that you know he was posting that he was really upset with his grandmother about his cell phone and Wi Fi in the house and all of that. And then he said, "I'm gonna you know you know she's making me really mad." And the next thing you know, he shoots her in the face. Um, and then he. I don't know what, you know, when you say it was a planned attack, did he always plan on attacking that school or was it, um, do we know, was he planning to do it that day? Was he triggered by his grandmother that day? And then what did he actually shoot at the funeral home across the street? Well, we know that the attack on the school happened minutes after he shot his grandmother. And we know that he, he took, 60 magazines to that. He dropped 32 outside in a backpack that were fully loaded. Mm. So they were ready to go. He left 15 in his truck and there was one at his house. Mm. So it it wasn't a spontaneous action because no one would have the time in the minutes it took to drive from his his house to that school or his grandmother's house. So it's very clear that he was planning something. And I think it was clarified that some of those posts were actually messages Oh. Uh, online messages. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so it's not known that, that at this point that he had predicted to anybody. And that's what the investigation, I'm sure, is looking at. The Texas Rangers are a very competent, competent investigative agency. Mm-hmm. I just think a lot was was given out at these press conferences before that that information that they're securing had been validated. And that that's really an elementary mistake in investigation. We're speaking with Randy Clark from Breitbart, um, and and you specialize in the news coming from the border, right? That's correct. I I was a border patrol agent and uh, a a division chief of operations for Del Rio sector in charge of all the nine stations here, including the board tactical team. Wow. I'm not a a tactical person, but they reported to me, and, and we work closely together, and they have their own managers that are specially trained, but I'm very familiar with what their capabilities are. So um, when they were saying that uh, perhaps they were waiting for 
gear or tactical gear to approach this gunman. Is any of that true? Uh, to some extent, they were waiting for one piece of equipment, but you can see just based on the injury sustained by the entry team, one of those specially trained Bortac members didn't even have personal protection. He went in with a ball cap, not even a standard Kevlar ballistic helmet. Wow. So they weren't waiting for p- protection. They were waiting for a ballistic shield, which is a large shield mm-hmm. that allows you to take an accurate shot while you're under fire. Because in that room, there were over 25 children in there already. So you can't just start having an old West shootout in a cinder block classroom. Mm. Uh, you have to be able to take a shot and neutralize without causing further injury to anybody else. And they did exactly that that day. But I think another critical fact that we're missing is we are measuring these officers as if they did what was done in Columbine that changed the doctrine, that they waited outside, they summoned tactical resources, and they did not. The the first contact, and, and in fact, eight rounds were exchanged between the police and the gunman inside the building. Hmm. within the first two minutes. Oh. So we know they did not wait out on the sidewalk for a tactical team. And a tactical team did not arrive before this was resolved. The nearest SWAT teams were 30 minutes away when this was over. It just so happened that some of the first responders did have tactical training, a tactical training background. There were some members of teams. But this was not a Border Patrol team. This was a Border Patrol comprised team of several haphazardly put together. Let's just get together and go in there. And it included local law enforcement as well. Wow. So there's a lot of information that is purported to be fact right now that we know absolutely not to be true. Wow. And that's based on what DPS has released already. It seemed, was that, why, why did all that wrong information come out? Why, why is this happening? Well, uh, if you look at Uvalde as an example, I think only people who have lived in a community where this has happened, and, and that's very few communities, the, the dis- dissension of media on this place was phenomenal. Uh, media was stacked international for blocks away. Wow. Uh, the Border Patrol agent in that room killed a villain, and we're looking for stories and another villain to find. And, and that entire energy is forcing mm. folks to get a little bit too excited and release too much information only to have to pull that back. And that further increases the distrust. And, and my worry is that the, the, the really how we've contributed to what these parents are going through, thinking things are true and something could have mm-hmm. been done when mm-hmm. we know there was a barrier stopping those officers from getting in there. There were some who were grazed through, through that solid, uh, through that steel door that did not seek medical treatment. They stayed in the hallway through the entire incident. So, mm. This, this notion that there was cowardice, some of those officers lost their own children during this incident. Mm. And that, that, that's damaging to them who are going to need, you know, a, a lot to get through this. And so will these parents. And they really weren't given the time to grieve and process this before everybody started descending on this community, demanding instant answers and finding somebody to blame. Mm. The anger. Besides is... the shooter. Right, right. Anybody else but that shooter. Oh, he was mentally ill, which makes you feel like, oh, I feel bad for him. He was bullied. You know, that's the first thing they come out with. He was poor. He was bullied. All this. Um, I blame it. The fact that he didn't have a father in the home. You know, there are a lot of uh, children who have no fathers in the home that don't end up being mass shooters. Lots of them. Precisely. And I think that's why we have to, to not get entrenched in saying, was this the gun's fault? 
Was this uh, video games fault? Was this mental health issue fault? We have to be able to say that this is going to be complex. Mm -hmm. There's a reason that this evil exists at a greater scale today than it did in years past. And and it it could be social media. It could be, Mm -hmm. you know, some bullying issues. It could be some mental health issues. We have to be open-minded enough to rationalize instead of entrenching on a right side or a left side of the issue and say, let's adult discussions to get to the bottom of this. So we're going to face it again. Well, I think that every shooter needs a complete dissection and to figure out what medications they were on even or what what else was going on. I wanted to ask you um, one more question before we go, and it may be a multi-part answer. And we're speaking with Randy Clark of Breitbart. Um, What are the questions you want answers to that you're waiting for? Well, I think one of the questions is, you know, we need to know when there was a physical capability of getting into that classroom. That's the one thing that hasn't been answered. You know, in a lockdown, what people forget is those that are not officers are taught to hide, shelter, and lock themselves in. Those are the people who are holding the keys. So these officers, we know, had to go looking around until they finally found where the janitor had shot, sought shelter, who we know gave them the keys. That's at least what DPS has advised us of officially in their press conferences. So... How long was that before we start vilifying these police officers as cowards? Mm. They didn't find their courage when they went in the room, but we know they were impeded by the same security features that were designed to protect these children. Was there a malfunction there in the training or, you know, was it because he came in through the back door and he ended up being locked in the room and these these kids were just trapped? Well, uh, you know, there's no doubt he knew these police officers were coming, which says one thing. He sought refuge in there from them and then began the the bulk of his rampage in, in those adjoining classrooms, 111 in particular. So he, that door was open. But also, remember, this was the end of the year. They were having an award ceremony for these children who were getting perfect attendance and honor roll awards. And then this happens within an hour or so afterwards. And, and we are where we are right now. So, But we, at the end of the day, we also have to remember, despite all the security features, children have to come into that school in the morning, and they have to leave. Hundreds of them have to exit. So these are soft targets, no matter how hard we try. Mm-hmm. And if we get this right, these monsters will move on to the next soft target. Uh, there you go. That's true. And so we, we've got to address that problem, too, of why the evil, mm-hmm. why now, and, 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 why, and how we stop Absolutely. that. Yeah. Well, Randy Clark, thank you so much for all your insight and hard work and reporting uh, on Breitbart on this topic. We appreciate you. Um, and uh, we, we look forward to speaking with you again to get another update. Thank you, Liz. You all have a wonderful day. You too.